Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Michelle, you're up. What's your question? Some questions, actually. So I heard on your um, one of your podcasts the other day that um, if you've got a step-parent, they can um, try for parental responsibility. I'm just wondering if they have to be married... Um, so, yes, is the answer to that. If, because okay. you're not a step-parent if you're not married. Um, so, okay. yes, a step-parent, you're so married. The partnership doesn't, doesn't count. Then, yes, because that, that, that's a marriage. Um, so they could apply. Um, the rule of thumb as well is that if you are living with the child or have been living with the child for three years or more, then you can apply for parental responsibility. So for okay. those that aren't married, if it covers that three-year sort of um, uh, gauge, then you then you can also apply for PR. Okay, no, no, that's right. really helpful. Thank you. No problem. Um, just a simple question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, no. So um, I've recently put in a C100. I've got a letter back from from the courts to say that um, they, you know, they've got a, a date um, coming up at the end of November where the, the gatekeeper will um, uh, kind of deal with everything and yes. we'll hear back from them yeah. after that, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what the role of the gatekeeper is. Like what so that's CAFCAS. That's actually CAFCAS. So CAFCAS will do okay. a safeguarding letter um, and that's what we refer to as gatekeeping. Um, so CAFCAS will do a safeguarding letter, which is essentially where they'll put your name and the name of the respondent through the computer, police computer, social services, and see what churns yeah. out. So make sure there's no safeguarding issues. Make sure no one's got any yeah, convictions well, for violence or anything like that. Or maybe well, the children... That, there is, actually. That's why um, I've put it in so that the children's oh. dad we have some safeguarding issues. Oh, there we go. Um, well, then so the, 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 the CAFCAS's letter, safeguarding letter, will churn that out. Um, okay, no, that's really helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye. Uh, Baker Danny, you are up next. What's your question? Hi, I've got a C100 form with my ex-partner for my daughter since 2017. Yeah. And um, the court actually decided um, that the headmaster would see my daughter in a contact centre for a reasonable time once a week. And there was a second decision on there what said any further contact to be sorted out between parties. Now, me and my ex-partner, we used to have more contact. And she'd come round to my house five days a week, my daughter. Then the relationship broke down. And now she's gone back to the minimum requirement, which is back to the um, um, contact centre. Now, she's not entertaining no notion of any more contact from that. She's just going to the bare minimum. Is there any way um, I can obviously get around that and get more time with her? Why is she going back to the contact centre, Danny? Um, because she was in an abusive relationship and I challenged it um, and contacted the police to do a safeguarding and welfare check um, on my daughter. And then um, she got the ump about it, really, and then said, you're not going to be having her at your property and I'm going to be keeping her to the contact centre. Okay, so effectively she's not breaching the order, but obviously she's not, you know, engaging in the spirit of moving matters on. And you can't have yeah. contact centre 
contact forever. Do you know what I mean? It's there for a, for, for a reason. If you two are past the point of no return with regard to communication, then all you can do is bring it back to court, Danny. Um, yeah. and you yeah, ask so that's what I was just thinking obviously because yeah. I've, I've tried even even a contact centre because I actually pay for a, um, a contact centre at the minute so I can see her every week Yeah. Um, but even the contact centre facilitators have tried engaging with the same why can't I take it from the parking contract move yeah. gradually through that but it's completely point blank she's like no I don't trust you um, yeah. so I've got, I'm thinking well it's not really me so they're trusting anything I just want to have more contact and progress I've had this order since 2017 now. My daughter's seven years old and I see her once a week for two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, and either. So, so the advice would be go back to court. Absolutely. There has to be progression. There has to be yeah. progression. So what you want to yeah. do is make an application to vary the existing contact order, okay? Okay. Don't Brilliant. Me. All right. All the best, Danny. Right. Thank you. No, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, just on that contact centre, hi Ems, um, a question on the TikTok there, how long does um, contact centre contact last? Ultimately, the contact centre is designed as an interim stopgap. You wouldn't have ongoing contact at the contact centre. So it's something that the court orders while we're waiting to investigate something else. It might be um, while we're waiting for drug testing. It might be while somebody's working their way through rehab. It might be because there's violence issues and we're waiting for maybe someone to attend a, you know, DAP course, domestic violence um, perpetrators programme. So there could be 101 reasons why we're at the contact centre, but it doesn't go on forever. It is meant to be a short term resolve to a long term issue. Okay. Ultimately, you have to see progression contact should be coming outside of the contact centre at some point. Doesn't mean that it goes unsupervised, but should really be coming out of the contact centre. Um, the contact centre spaces are few and far between, so other people need them. Uh, Karen, you are next up whenever you're ready. What's your question? I recently yeah. just left my husband two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, he's in the marital home that we only purchased last year, but we took advantage of the um, discount from the council to buy it. So, unfortunately, we can't sell the property for another four years or we'd have to pay that discount back, which we obviously know. Yeah. So, I'm, I've left the property. He's agreed to pay for um, the mortgage and everything else while I've had to come into this property. Um, would I be able, if he changes his mind in four years, to force him to sell the property? Or where do I stand regarding... Because the mortgages in both our names paying yeah. for mortgage payments within four years. Could you get those back from me if you requested that? Well, it, are you married, Karen? No, we're married. Married, okay. Going through a divorce, I take it. Well, we haven't we haven't got that far. I just left them like two weeks ago, so okay. we just separated at the moment, but we will be getting Getting a divorce, yeah. In the so, future. Yeah. yeah, so what you need to do is get the financial order that makes it very clear that when the four years are up, you would like your share of the equity, okay? You're not necessarily asking for an order for sale, but what you're saying mm -hmm. is that when the four years are up, you actually want your share. And therefore, if, if is he the one that stayed in the property? He has stayed yeah. in the property, yeah. So if he can't afford to buy you out, then the property will have to be placed on the market for sale. Okay, but you need how would I... How would I have to get a financial order? Is that through the courts? It is through the courts. So you need to start your divorce off first. Your issue, get your divorce petition issued, which means that the, the divorce proceedings are then on foot. And then you'd write to him or you'd speak to him and you'd say, OK, this is how I 
assume that the finances are going to be settled? Are you in agreement? If he says yes, then you can ask us or another solicitor to draft that financial order for you and we'll send that into court and that's how it's made. If he says no and you two can't negotiate that order between you both, um, then the matter goes to court and that's where you make a financial application. But cross that bridge when you come to it, Karen, because he might be in agreement, in which case you're just looking for an agreed financial order then, as opposed to having to make a financial application. And so what happens though if we didn't want to if we wanted to put the divorce off and we didn't want to like go to through the divorce proceedings first, we just wanted yep. to deal with the house first? Well, you, you can't get a financial order if you don't have a divorce. So then you'd be okay. looking at something like a separation agreement which isn't legally binding, but it does record. Yeah. It's a bit like a, a prenup, but it's, you know, the other the other side of it, if you like. So it's just a separation agreement that you both document and sign to say upon the divorce, this is how you'd like the finances to be settled. OK. All right. Yeah, that's Brilliant. great. Thank you so much. OK, thanks. Bye. Uh, Michelle, you are next up. What's your question? So, um, because my, my children said has some alcohol abuse, um, I want to ask him to do a, um, like a hair strand test um, in the courts. And I'm just wondering how much will it really show up for him? Because from what my children say, when they're there every weekend, um, he kind of binge drinks around them quite a bit. But he has a full-time job, so I don't know how much he's drinking through the week. And I'm wondering if, if it's just binge drinking the weekend, will it show up? As him so having a drinking problem. That that will all depend on the length of the hair, okay? So okay. If, if he's got really long hair, we could potentially exactly. go back, you know, a year, two years. I mean, okay. when, when we do it on, on females and they've got long hair, we can go back sort of six or seven years because it, it right, stays okay. in the hair. Sometimes with the gentlemen, it can be a little bit trickier because obviously they keep their hair short, the majority yeah, of people. So generally, if it's if we've got an inch worth of hair, we can get about a month, six weeks of readings. Um, but obviously, okay. you know, it, it changes all the time and the laboratory is always mm -hmm. coming up with other ways to, to maybe find the analysis. But my understanding, um, and I did a lot of it when I used to do practice legal aid, was that an mm. inch of hair gives us about a month. And that's why you'll have um, orders or directions in court orders that actually order the respondent not to cut their hair until such oh, times really? as a drug... Yeah, until until the drug testing's complete, yeah. Because oh, you'll, you'll get people that, that deliberately, like, shave their head, so they, yeah. you know... And, and the, the laboratories, they will take underarm hair, any sort of body hair, but the best okay. hair is always the, the hair on the head. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's good. So, um, just one other thing. So yeah. So, um, my, my daughter, so I've got two children. My daughter's 12 and my son is, is 14. Um, my daughter has decided that she no longer wants to see her dad at all. Yeah. Um, which, which is for the best, I think. Like, he has a few issues. Um, and I'm just wondering, will, will the courts force her to see him if she doesn't want to, being that she's 12? So at 12, she will have her voice listened to. Kafkas mm -hmm. will certainly want to explore why she doesn't want to spend time with Dad. And it might mm. be that they sort of chat with Dad and then offer or suggest contact, but at a, at a reduced framework. So maybe just an hour mm -hmm. or two on a Saturday morning, something like that. I think um, so. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I personally, I don't feel very comfortable for my children to be at his house because okay. he's had um, a few occasions where he has physical fights with the new girlfriend or the neighbour wow. while my children are there. So I don't want, obviously, my children being around it. Yeah. Um, 
And obviously my daughter's seen that a few times now and doesn't want to go. Yeah. But then on the other hand, my son being 14, he does want to spend time with his dad. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering, again, how much will they take into his, like my son's um, wishes when I really don't want him to be around that? Um, I my think... son has ADHD and I'm wondering if, if I can kind of say, you know, his judgment might be a little bit impaired because of that. Yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much on, on the, you know, putting the emphasis on the children to be able to justify their wishes and feelings, okay. because if there are safeguarding concerns, um, then they will be identified. Yeah, we have reports and, yeah. and those sort of things. So. Yeah. So I, I, I think you've probably got a strong case, Michelle, um, to mm-hmm. have both, the, you know, the children listen to, given that we have got some um, abuse issues here. So I wouldn't worry too much. Sure. Okay, no, that's really great. Thank All you so right. much. No problem. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Michelle, what's your question? I've spoken to you before briefly. Um, I'm currently going through um, court proceedings with my um, daughter's father. Yeah. Um, we're going with... The Section 7 is in process, um, and we've been going to the contact centre um, for a few months, but he recently changed it back to one hour yeah. um, for reasons that basically he did something he shouldn't have done whilst he was there and decided then that he was going to change it back to an hour. Anyhow, um, it ended up in the contact centre because of uh, I had safety concerns, um, long story short, ended up in the contact centre. Um, I now feel that the, the safety concerns have been heightened. So I'm wondering, at what point do I flag that? Do I wait until we're back in court? Do I contact somebody? Do I mention it to Kafkas when I speak to them? Um, what do you think? Absolutely. I would do all of the above, Michelle. All of yeah. the above. So I think you definitely okay. need to mention it to Kafkas when you next yeah. um, um, hear them sorry, see them. Um, when you, just before you go back to court, you'll be putting in a position statement, um, literally the day before. You need to mention it in your position statement. But I would mm-hmm. also be communicating your concerns to the other side and saying, look, okay. not sure what's going on. There were safeguarding concerns. That's why you're in the in the contact centre. But this, 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 and this has happened, which I think, you know, exacerbate the problem. Um, perhaps you could let me know, you know, so at least you're communicating it to him as well. Yeah, okay, perfect. And on that note as well, obviously, he, we used to live together. His name is still on the tenancy. Yeah. I know that I can't get his name off the tenancy without, I think it's an occupation order and or a prohibited steps. I haven't applied for either of those. Do I have to make an extra application for that or can I sort of raise that in court when we go back to court or will the judge potentially add it on anyway? Does, does he live there, Michelle? No. No. So an occupation order, it's a family order from the court that actually directs that one person move out and one person stay. So it wouldn't wouldn't be an occupation order that you need. And a prohibited steps order is another family order, but it's in the Children's Act. So again, it wouldn't be a prohibited steps order that you'd need. You need to start by um, speaking with your um, housing association. Is it, is it through a housing association or whoever it's through? Go and speak yeah. with them um, to see how you go about removing from the tenancy. There is a way that we can do that, but it's not through an occupation order. 
Um, okay, that's what they said to me. Um, they said to me occupation order, so that's why ah, I was asking. Ah, right, okay, okay, that's fine. That's all Brilliant. right. Um, but with regards to the prohibited steps about, you know, with regards to the safety concerns, yes. would that be something that I have to ask for, like an added application, or will they, yes. is there a possibility they'll just add it on? Yeah, no, no, you, you will need to ask for that as an additional. The court will only deal with what's in front of it, you know, what what, what is it being asked to do. It won't just add things on willy-nilly. Um, so if you if you want to have a prohibited steps order then you make your application and you're doing it on a c2 you're not doing a fresh c100 it's a c2 because yeah. you're already in proceedings and you're sending it in asking that the court also consider for a pso okay perfect all, all right. right then that's wonderful no problem thank you so much for your help thanks michelle thank you're, you. you're welcome bye talk somebody's asking can i get engaged while going through a divorce yes you can absolutely just do not marry until you have your decree absolute but more importantly don't remarry if you haven't sorted out that financial order okay because you will buy yourselves from being able to make a claim i'm going to go to miss p what's your question i've got a couple of questions but i think you nearly answered just one with what the, the last um person was asking about um okay living in a, in a rented accommodation where you're trying to get the other party's name removed yeah um i've been separated just over a year um, I had to ask my partner, my husband, sorry, to leave um, because of um, drug use yeah. and and onset of what I believe is, is mental health issues that really affected me and our children. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to find out is if I wanted to start divorce proceedings, how might I go about it where um, I have no idea where he is? And, and even if he's located, I'm not sure on his ability to complete any kind of documentation where he potentially has got mental health issues. Okay, are you saying, Miss P, that he wouldn't have capacity? Or are you saying that he just maybe wouldn't understand the form? Because there's a big difference between somebody who maybe just struggles to read and write, but somebody who lacks the mental capacity to... No. Yeah, I think he, he has got mental health issues because of his drug use. Okay. And I don't know if he, if if it would be seen that he hasn't got the mental capacity at the moment to be going to do these type of okay. um like situations. Right. So if we if we just break it down, deconstruct it for a moment, how you start the divorce process is online on the government website, mm. okay? You yeah. will need an address for service. That's the only thing. You can give the court the email address, but they are going to be looking for an address. Now, it doesn't have to be the address where he lives. It could be perhaps a works address if you don't know where he lives and you've tried everything to try and find out where he lives. It could be an address that he visits regularly. For example, sometimes you know we visit family members routinely at the weekend, for example, um, a friend's house. But you are going to have to get some sort of address or contact details for him. Now, if you get across that hurdle, then what you can do is have a process server serve him. Because then the process server will give you a statement that he has actually received the divorce petition and you can then move on 
with the divorce process. You won't need him for anything else then. Because all the court want to know in the new no-fault world that we now live in since April of this year is that the other side have received the divorce petition. That's all they want to know. Has the other side mm -hmm. received the divorce petition? So as long as you've got some way of knowing where he is, you can serve him via a process server. It's going and to what be. If I can't find him because um, over this last year he he has been making a, abusive phone calls and they've had to block. He's he's changed numbers quite a few times. Yeah. Um and. His family won't help. Like he's, he's got stuff here that I've been asking him on several occasions. I've even offered to pay for them to be sent in a taxi to wherever he lives. Um, and he's not answered. He's not wanted to, to give me anything. Yeah. I've spoken to his family to see if he comes and visits or, yeah. or if he's keeping in contact with them and nobody really wants to get involved yeah. for fear of kind of reprisals you know the, the, yeah. the, the put out or what the kind of behaviour he's been displaying which is quite yeah. abusive and yeah. kind of erratic really so and of course I, I don't from, know where he's living he, at all I, he wasn't working then, when he um, left. Okay, let me let me jump um, in. Let me jump in. So, because uh, ultimately, or all all I, all I need to know is that you don't know where he lives, and my answer yeah. to that is going to be, then you're going to struggle, um, because you you cannot divorce somebody without showing the court that they have received a divorce petition. It's as simple as that. Um, there is an application that we can sometimes make for a disclosure order, but they're really difficult to get, and that's where the court will make inquiries. Um, from the um, Department of Works and Pensions with his name and date of birth and see if they can get an address that way. But they're, they're quite rare disclosure orders. So ultimately, if you do not know where he is, then you are going to struggle, is what, what I would say. Okay. All right. Okay. It's, it's a tough uh, yeah, one. I really don't know what to do because, um, like I said, we live in a rented accommodation that he's still on the tenancy. Yeah. When I spoke to the council when he first moved out, yeah. They said that they discussed the option of him coming off the tenancy. Yeah. But they at the time identified that he um he was acting quite erratic and they decided that it was probably best for him not to do that at that time. Okay. Well that yeah, that doesn't help you with the divorce. No. Everyone's findable, trust me, you're just gonna have to dig. You're just going to really have to dig. You'll find him. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll give that a try. Thank All right. you. Thanks. Bye. Um, Alastair, what's your question? Just uh, reference, I've got a neutral evaluation hearing tomorrow, uh, just in reference to uh, change of surname that my ex-partner's put in for our son. Um, I received a statement of my ex-partner today. Um it contains quite a lot of false accusations in there, but no real kind of relevance to the um, specific issue of the change of surname. Yeah. Things like um, what happened before we broke up, like the, one of the things she put in there, constant reminder of my surname, um, the surname was given on the assumption that we'd still be together, um, references how long it took uh, for me to buy her out the property. And the only real thing that I found in the whole statement that had any kind of relevance was around the words of uh, that our son should have, we should be able to identify uh, with his mother and main caregiver via the surname um, as a sense of belonging. Yeah. Out of that, what do you believe that, I mean, CAFCAS have done all the checks, background checks uh, ahead of this meeting. Um, they've got no further part to play. They've put that in there. I just wonder if you've been, if you've had any, any examples of um, 
of a similar situation. Yeah, um, so whether it's been successful. Or not. I think I think the thing to remember, Alastair, is that it's up to her to prove that the change of name is needed and is in the child's best interests. Okay, if you're having regular contact and actually the court can't give a valid reason or can't find a reason as to why the name should be changed, then they won't do it. They can be notoriously hard applications to win. The successful um, change of name is where perhaps father is in prison or there is domestic violence or father hasn't seen the children for, you know, more than sort of a five year period. Maybe where mother's, um, you know, father hasn't seen the child and mother's also had another child and she wants them all to have her name because, you know, they're siblings, etc., um, so, yeah. you know, it, unless we have extreme circum circumstances like that, they can be difficult. So, you know, if you're a father that's actively involved with the child, sees the child regularly, the child's always had your name and has never been known by anybody else's name. Um, based on all of that, I doubt very much she will succeed, would, would, yeah, be, so would be my on view. That, um, on, on that last uh, point there you, re you raise around... Um... It's always been the case. I'm very much involved in his life, and I've put a, a counter clip, counter kind of uh, application in um, for shared care. And this I've discussed um, on a previous occasion with yourself around shared care, trying to okay. get because uh, I'm I'm having no success of having our child overnight. Um, it was a story around um, that our son, nearly three year old, is still being breastfed, but I'm not aware if that's still the case or not. Um, and that's and I've kind of put that argument in because I'm very much involved in his life. I see him, you know, every weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all, all that, and he, he you know he lived with me up to only a few months ago. Um, well, we all did together. Um, and now we get this kind of application going in. So I just wondered if you'd had any kind of previous um, and and how successful it was going to be. Yeah. Obviously, he's getting a bit nervous for the, yeah. the hearing tomorrow. Yeah. No, I I would say that you know based on what you've told me. She doesn't have much strength. There's not much weight to her application. And as I say, yeah. if, if you if you remember that she has to prove it's in the child's best interest, not you, you're just going to say, look, you know, what's changed? I mean, it doesn't matter that parties break up. That has no impact on, on the name that the child should then, you know, sorry, that the child's name should then be changed. He wasn't given the surname on the condition that you stayed together. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... With all that in, in mind, um, I, I, I would feel less worried if I were you. Yeah, and the only other final point I've got, the last one, last thing she put in the statement was around, we had a discussion after this was all brought through um, court, was around double-barrelled name. Yes. Um, and asked whether I would um, kind, of, kind of go with that. And my answer initially was, was, was no, because I felt that I'd been kind of forced into... That being in that unwanted to the, uh, position of making that decision. Yeah. Um. And 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 I just wondered if whether you felt I was being unreasonable when 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 I felt when, when I'm kind of feeling like that. It's it's a personal choice, isn't it? You know, how old is is the child? Uh, he's nearly he's two and a half, so he's ne well, he's, well, he's nearly three. Yeah. So. You know, it, it's very much a personal choice. If the name chosen at birth was that it would be your name and it would therefore be, be a singular name, um, then that's what you've signed up to, that's what you've agreed. If not, mum mm -hmm. is now proposing that it goes double-barrelled. It's a difficult position to put the court in because a court never wants to come in between two parents. 
Um, oh. and, and may suggest that the pair of you, you know, go out and negotiate. It may also, Alastair, ask you for your reasons to object. You know, why why do you feel this way about him having a double-barrelled name? Um, you know, because mm. they will put that to you if that's what mum's resolve is. So mum is saying, he won't let me change it to my name, so could we therefore have a double-barrelled name? Um, so, mm. you know, be, be prepared to just let the court know why you disagree with that, if you disagree with yeah. that. Your question to me about is that unreasonable? It's not a question I can answer because it's it's very unique to your family. Do you know what I mean? So it's that will differ from one person to the next, and and it's a personal decision, really. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's fine. Um, All right. And I'll um, like somebody before I'll uh, report back and let you know how it's brilliant. Going. Okay, thanks, Alastair. Good luck. Speak thanks, soon. Bye bye, Zima. You are next up. What's your question? Uh, me and my husband are going through a divorce and I have received my Islamic divorce, which was last week. Yeah. And, uh, but obviously, for we've only got one asset is the house and he wants his share out of the house. And we have an eight-year-old child living with us. Yeah. So he only agreed to for the English divorce because he came to this country as my spouse. Uh, and he only agreed if I give him the 50% share of the house because the house is on both of us' name. And that's the only financial thing we have. He doesn't have, I mean, obviously he doesn't have enough money in the bank. He hasn't been putting money. He's been sending back home and whatever is coming is what he earns. Like he does school run and taxi. So he's been very clever in that sense. I've always been a housewife. I've never worked because I looked after my kids and my adult two older ones, the one's 24, one's 25, they don't live with us, they moved out. Okay. Yeah, what's your so, question? Well, my question is, we've, he only agreed to do the divorce through the company, it's a divorce service called Amacable Divorce. Right. So we're going through with them, but the thing is, I don't feel comfortable being him in the house. So I wanted to know, is there a way that I can tell him to move out because obviously I've had my Islamic divorce now and obviously we're going through the English as well. And I don't want him in the house, but uh, I don't know if I can do anything about not, that. Not really. I mean, ultimately, you know, if, if he's not causing a threat or harm to you or the children, what the court's going to look at is... You know, does he have anywhere to go? Can he afford to go anywhere? You know, the housing needs of both parties have to be met. If you are mm. going through your English divorce, I think the focus then needs to be on, um, OK, how are we going to separate the equity and the property? Because the court's going to want that to happen. The court's going to want whatever asset that is exists in the sorry that does exist in the marriage to be divided in accordance with the party's needs. So I think that's step yeah. one. Um, and from there, then you two need to have a conversation about who can afford what. If there isn't enough equity for both of you to to divide and go on and buy new properties, then maybe one of you has to rent for a while. Um, but that's a decision for for you two really as to as to what what it is that you need and what you want. But ultimately, the go on. Yeah, and the the thing is that we we have the I mean we've been living in this house past uh, almost twenty years now, and he's been only paying uh, interest only. So we have already a, a amount of hundred and ninety four on the house because I did think I did speak to my mortgage people if I can add my elder daughter who works full time and earns enough as well. 
and we put her on the mortgage and repay him out getting the remortgage. But they said refuse because they said you have 196 loan already on the house and yeah. you have to pay him. The house is worth maybe 600,000 or a bit more. But she said if you have to pay him 200,000 out, then you will be you'll be looking at 396 loan and that can't cover your mortgage. You yeah, so work part time now. So because I've got an eight year old who I pick and drop from school as well. Yeah, so, so it might be. Duties. Yeah, it might so, be Zima that that you you can't afford to stay in the property then because so you we know. Have to tell it. Possibly, yes. I mean, what you need to do, first of all, is take some proper legal advice. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. Discord is great for signposting, but you're actually getting into the nitty gritties of it now. And you, you need to be taking some legal advice when it comes to should you sell, what you're entitled to. Um, so that that's where I'm going to signpost you to. Get, get a, an hour with a family solicitor and find out exactly what you're entitled to. That's the next step for you. Okay. And All right. So basically, uh, he has he he has to stay in the property because well, in the past, Zima. No, but Zima, Zima, he was abusive and he got cautioned. I'm going to uh, stop Zima. I'm going to stop you there. You because again, you're you're going into the specifics of your case. You need to get some legal advice. So you said, mm. does he have to stay in the property? I don't know. I don't know without mm. knowing more about your case. So you need to go and speak to a family solicitor. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Um, I always hope, guys, that when I'm I'm a little bit, you know, sort of direct like that, that I don't come across as, as being rude. I, I don't mean to be rude. It's just that I get very nervous when people start to, you know, go into the specifics of their case, you know, and I, I, I worry that people forget this is actually a public forum. You know, we're on TikTok Live. There's, you know, another 30-odd people in the lounge listening. And as I said to that lady, Discord and TikTok, it is just for signposting. It is just to help you get on to the next step or tell you what the first step should be or give you just some idea of what the court's expecting, of what your outcome might be. But when it gets to specifics, um, you really do have to get some proper legal advice there. Uh, Jodie, you're up next. What's your question? I, my ex, so we split up eight years ago. Um, we also have a child, so we have an eight-year-old from that relationship. Yeah. Um, I recently got into a new relationship, so I've been in my new relationship for about six months. Um, I get a lot of abuse, so I get phone calls, voicemails. Um, he shows up at my house, banging on my windows. Um, a lot of verbal abuse and a lot of abuse towards my child as well. Yeah. Um, he, he is involved, so he sees him every weekend. Um, my son does come back, you know, with... A million things that his dad has said, you know, brings up the past a lot, money, um, you know, tells my child that now that I'm in this new relationship, he's going to get pushed out. Um, I have called the police, you know, the police have come and removed him from the property, um, but it always just goes to no further action. So I was just wondering, do I have any options? Because it's just, it's so much, like mentally on me that it's, and on my child as well, now that yeah. I'm in a new relationship, he's kind of moved on to kind of given that abuse to my child as well. Yeah. So I think, Jodie, you need to probably take some advice about a non-molestation order. That's the first thing I would say. So it's an injunction, but it's dealt with by the family court as opposed to the criminal court. Um, and it I... may be that you're entitled to legal aid. Have you ever made inquiries about legal aid? So we did a few years ago. So yeah. we went through mediation. 
um, which I did get legal aid from, but my circumstances have changed. I have got a full-time job now. Okay. Um, so I would struggle with, you know, paying for like a solicitor or something like that. So I'm not sure if I would be entitled to it. So but when uh, we went through mediation, he... We did one session and then he didn't show up. Okay. What I would say, Jodie, is just try the legal aid route, first of all, um, so yeah. you can give the civil legal advice line a ring. Have you got a pen handy? I'll give you their number. Um, yep, one second. Yep. So it's 0345. Yep. 345. Okay, and they're called the Civil Legal Advice Line. They will be able to tell you if you're entitled to legal aid or not. It's just worth giving them a call. You'll be on the phone with them for about 15 minutes and they'll run through um, just a few questions with you about affordability mainly. Now, if okay. you can't afford, sorry, if you don't qualify for legal aid, then obviously a non-molestation order, you can do yourself um, or yeah. you can pay a solicitor to do it. Um, they are quite an involved application, but lots of people do do them themselves, okay? So if you didn't qualify, what I'd say is drop me an email to say I don't qualify and I can tell you the name of the form and you have to fill out that form and do an accompanying statement telling the court exactly what it is you're looking for and why you're looking for it, okay? Okay, so what do, can I just ask what that office so would that prevent him from showing up contacting yeah me, yeah like so non-molestation orders they generally um they're worded so that they don't come 100 meters of where you live or work or where the child goes to school they can't phone you or email you or contact you in any way directly or indirectly they can't instruct a third person to do the same and of course if you've got that in place and they breach it then you can actually call the police because you have a court okay. order then that's being breached Okay. And um, what about where does how does that affect my child? Because obviously he does he does have a relationship. Yeah. With so him. so he would be well he would be included on the order and obviously yeah. you'd need to discuss the specifics. If contact continues, then the order would have to be amended or be varied to allow that to happen. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. All that's right. great. Thank great. You. All the best, Jodie. Bye. Uh, KK, you are next on my list. Uh, I just wanted to actually say thank you. Um, I've Aww. been listening to you and uh, taking your advice for a yeah. while. And yeah. I've just gone through my financial order with uh, my ex. Yeah. Uh, it went brilliantly. So oh, I just well wanted to done. come on and say thank you for actually the advice that I've uh, got from yourself. Oh, that's so um, sweet of you. Thank you so much. But um, there, was a, there was one or two questions that I did have. Sure. Um, we did come to an agreement during the, uh, the court hearing. But yeah. I've not heard back from the judge because they were meant to uh, sign the consent order but we've not heard back from them how long would that normally take so you do have to chase the courts um i'll be honest with you at the moment i mean you know sometimes we can wait up to six to eight weeks to get the the court orders back it will depend on the court that you're at and how busy they right. are um but if i were you just if as long as you've given it sort of three to four weeks then I would be chasing the court. Because the first thing you want to be sure of is that they actually received it. Um, and then if they've received it, at least then you know, well, the court will make it at some stage. Um, you right. did, did you email it in or has it been done by the portal? You've emailed it. Was, it. Uh, done by, my barrister did it by the portal, I believe. Oh, okay. See, when we do them by the portal, they come back really quickly. 
Um, so check with your barrister then, because the, because they were the ones that drafted and sent it in. They've now got the responsibility of sort of chasing that up. So go back to the barrister and say, look, still haven't received it. Um, can we, you know, can we get confirmation that it's actually been received by the court? I mean, right. okay, brilliant. And then the next step was going to be um, obviously now that the uh, the financial order has been um, signed and sealed, hopefully. Yeah. Um, is it a case of now we we can apply for the decree absolute or is yes. it yes. because what? my ex was the one that started the divorce process? Can I apply for the decree absolute or would it be would it have to be her? No, it would have to be her, and I would wait until yeah. you get that sealed order back from the court, just because right. the court might send it back and go, oh, just before we seal it, can we just have a bit more information? So then you have to kind of, you know, and I'm sure that won't happen because you've instructed a barrister, but I never like yeah. to sort of assume that the court's going to make the order. Um, so just wait until you've got that sealed order and then, yes, your your soon-to-be ex-wife will need to apply for the decree absolute. Brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. All the best. Thanks, KK. Uh, Michael, you are next up. What's your question? Um, I, I have a question about uh, my ex using uh, my children as a communication device. Basically, we've been uh, apart for over three years now. She has a new relationship. I have a new relationship. She moved the houses. And uh, I, you know, as much as I want to parent with her, she don't see it. It's possible. She wants. She wants kids away from me. She wants. Uh, she wants to uh, have her own life. She wants me just to pay the money. Obviously, I love my kids. From the day we split up, I said I want to be with my kids. I want to have a relationship. You know, cut story short. Recently, when uh, when the kids start high school, and two of my daughters start high school, they started. The school said because of the because of the amount of work they have to do. It would be better if they stay with me Monday to Friday because I live local to the school. Yeah. Obviously, the school, the, she didn't like it. But then kids started to say, um, Daddy, can we stay with you? Because uh, we, you know, we can just get up in the morning, don't have to rush away, you know, the travel an hour in the bus. And... Um, and just be relaxed, you know, be, go to school. Yeah. And obviously, they, I said, okay, just call your mom if that's okay. Because, you know, I want to do everything properly. Obviously, she was shouting, no, go to the bus, go back home, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, as recently she changed the, she, she went behind my back, tried to move the school. I find out, I put a stop to it, only because, only because, the school where she was moving to was one of the worst schools in in the country and she wanted to do this because she she didn't want my kids to be more than me okay because of the child maintenance okay sorry no, sorry to maybe, sorry to rush you on michael but can i just can i can i get you to ask me the question i appreciate the yeah, context sorry. no sorry, it's fine sorry. the question is is there a way i could stop my ex using my children as a communication as a weapon because i can see them they're distressed they are they are they're crying in front of me because so, the mother is shouting yeah so a lot of i mean the difficulty you have is that you can't change mum's personality okay mm -hmm. so what i'm going to suggest is that you guys use a parenting app there's loads of parenting apps out there now and that you make That's it very good. clear to mum that any communication that she wants to have with you is all done through the parenting app. I suspect that she probably won't use the app. 
no, and we'll keep well yeah so all you can all you can then do is ignore what she's telling the children the sad thing is it's not going to stop upsetting the mm. children because she's still going to do it so not yeah. not really is the answer to your question michael i'm sorry so there's no like social service or anything they can just talk to her or anything uh, sorry, no. There's no order. If if that's what you're asking me, there's no order that we can that we can have mum, you know, not talk to the children and communicate to you through the children. Because we can have an order that says use a parenting app, but chances mm -hmm. are mum's not going to do it. She's still going to communicate through the children. So if I were you, I would ignore her communications that she sends through the children. And, okay. and say to her, look, I'm not going to take messages from the children. If you want to contact me, do it through the app. Um, it, oh. It's it's a difficult one, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. the court's not going to be able to help you with that. Okay. All right. That's, I'm just worried about the children. I know. Time. No, I, I understand. Okay. Thank, thank you, thank Michael. Bye-bye. Idalina, you are next up. What's your question? My first one is, I've been through a divorce and through mediation, and on mediation, we agree I had to buy my ex out by 2020. Yeah. But I lost my job due to COVID. Yeah. And then I spoke to him and explained that I, put, uh, I wasn't able to get a mortgage 2020. And so he gave me another six months. But again, because I had a zero hour contract, I wasn't able to get a mortgage. Now I can, but now he wants more money. But the judge, I spoke to the judge, and he said I have to do an application to adjourn the mediation. What application is that? Do you know? No, honestly, I don't. Me, why, why are you in court, first of all? Are you in court with finances? Yes. Yeah, okay. And, and have you had your first appointment with finances? We just did, but I, because of uh, the judge said I had to uh, make an application to adjourn the application. Oh, the, uh, yeah. So the is, is the judge saying that he wants you to adjourn the finances so you can attend mediation, not adjourn the mediation, adjourn the actual yeah. finances? I think she's to adjourn. Yeah. What he said is because I... Because I should adjourn on 2020. When I he 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 told me when I found out that I wasn't able I was able to go ahead with the application, I should have uh, contacted the um, contacted the court. And uh, because I, I I wasn't aware because I spoke to my ex and I thought everything was fine. No, he told me I have to do an application to the court again. So do you have a final order from the court with regard to finances that was made in Not 2020? Yet. Not yet. Okay, great. So I think based on what you're telling me, and, and I, I'm still a little bit confused, because you can't adjourn mediation. Mediation is a voluntary process. If you don't want to go, you don't have yeah. to go. So when you first said to me, the courts asked me to make an application to adjourn mediation, I was like, well, you don't really adjourn mediation. You either go or you don't go, and that's that. Um, there's no okay. consequences for not going. I think what the court might be saying is, if you want to go back to mediation to discuss matters, 
um, and see if you can come up with another resolve because clearly your husband is no longer in agreement to the original agreement that was made, then adjourn the financial application. Because now that you've made the financial application, that's going to keep ticking along and the date's going to keep coming through. So your next hearing, if you've had your first appointment, the second hearing is called an FDR, financial dispute resolution. And it might be that the judge is saying, adjourn that to give yourself more time. And you do that by using the D11 form, okay? So if you download D11 form and you're asking the court to adjourn the FDR, if if that indeed is the next hearing, to enable you both to go to mediation and have your husband sign the D11 with you. No. He, He won't agree to the adjournment? No, oh, uh, we just uh, literally we just been to call uh, last. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I said, have your husband sign the okay. D eleven with you, so he's in agreement to the adjournment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it, and then just send that in. Okay. My other question is, I've got a daughter. She's a fourteen, uh, and she uh, and her partner and his her partner they don't get on at all. And she's been really nasty to my daughter that uh, she doesn't work with her dad anymore. But he only is paying me £10 more. Can I ask the judge for him to contribute a bit more or not? Not really. Um, If it's maintenance, then it will stick with maintenance. If you want to ask for... um, money in in a financial application then it would be child periodical payments but it's a little bit yeah it's called child periodical payments but it's a little bit technical and it's not something that i would advise the lay person to do without getting some legal advice okay all right you're welcome thanks bye um andy whenever you are ready what's your question just just going through a uh, separation now, uh, divorce papers have been put in. Um, but on receipt of the divorce papers, I haven't actually seen my boys for five months since. Uh, coming up six months. Okay. Um, seems to be a lot of power playing going on, um, lots of excuses, so forth. Um, I've contacted a mediator to try and get that going. Um, but the response was, that's fine, I'll do mediation if you pay for it all. Um, which, obviously, is there's, there's double the cost of, of whatever that is. And I'm just wondering how much, because of all the issues I'm having before mediation, and understanding that the mediation doesn't set things in stone as such, is it worth just going, uh, saying I've attempted to go for mediation, haven't had any luck, and go straight to the courts? Yeah, so mediation, as I've said um, to another caller this evening, Andy, it, it's definitely um, a voluntary process. And if you feel that you're not actually getting anywhere because there's a power play there and the mediator isn't helping you get round that, then absolutely. Don't feel that you have to continue with the mediation, okay? Um, You can just make your application to the court. It's interesting that your question started with with the divorce, uh, then followed on by I haven't seen the children for five months. 
seeing the children is completely separate to your divorce and finances. So I say that you may not be under the impression that they're connected, but I just want you to know that they're not. You know, regardless of whether you're separated, divorced or, you know, thinking about separating, those kiddies have a right to have a relationship with both of you. Okay, so I just want to make that part clear. But yeah, I mean, if you if you don't feel that mediation is working or that, you know, you're any close to resolve, by all means, make a C100 application. You know, the, the, the downside with court applications is that they can be quite stressful because anything that's being litigated is stressful. The upside to them is that they do put a finish line um, in place because at some point you are going to get to a final hearing if you can't agree and the judge is going to make an order. Does that help? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just trying to weigh up whether or not paying for both sides of mediation yeah. is going the court route, and where she would have to uh, contribute herself for that. Yeah. Um, yeah sort of cost effective and and i think um, i think if you're if you're paying f for all of it and you know if you decided to come on here and have a chat with me this evening i think deep down you probably know what the answer is already um you know mediation you should come away from mediation each time i think just feeling that you've made even a small step forward a little bit of progress um, we and haven't it, even got, got to that far. Literally just had an inquiry meeting um, yeah. with the mediator and said, uh, what, what are our options to be immediately told? I won't pay for it. You can sort out the meetings, but um, you, yeah. can, you can pay for it. So already not really engaging in the spirit of it and probably not recognising that actually it's the children's right to have a relationship with you. Um, and as you say, there's a lot of power play going on. Um, if you haven't even had one session, perhaps consider that. Just have one session if you want to. Again, it's a voluntary process, Andy, so you can't be forced to do it. If you didn't um, want... Um, uh, to you know engage with it then then by all means don't don't at all yeah because her power play at the moment as well is that the eight-year-old i've got uh, a three and an eight and the eight-year-old is saying that he doesn't want to see me um but i again feel that that's a lot due to tainted views yeah um and tainted opinions uh more so than uh than what the actually child actually wants. Yeah. I was actually, I haven't even had a phone call with them for five, six months. Yeah. Ch children, children love their parents unconditionally. Um, we know that. But when they haven't seen a parent for a while, um, they can start to almost feel protective to the parent that they're with. And if that other parent is playing games, then it can also make the children feel guilty for wanting to see you. Um, all the more reason, Andy, I think, to put the matter before the court, because what the court can do that the mediation won't is get CAFCAS involved so that CAFCAS can actually go and have a chat with the children. And, you know, at the age of eight, they will definitely sit down um, and have a chat with the children. Whereas the mediator, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on having mum engage with the process. But, you know, if, if you if you think at this stage she's not going to, don't do it if you think actually we'll have one joint session and let's see the outcome of that joint session um then then do that but ultimately it's up to you yeah because I, I just found when 
when we were together, if uh, the eight-year-old didn't want to, to do something, it was always, well, you're the parent, so he should just do it. But now she's allowing him to have a voice, which she wouldn't have allowed when we were together. Yeah. So that's sort of where the, the power play is sort of there. Is, and, and, is, I... and also, how, how is she asking him if he wants to see me? Is she saying... Do you want to do this, this, and this, or see your dad? Yeah, it, it's um, not. It really isn't the responsibility of an eight-year-old to have to make that decision, and that's where the guilt comes into it then, because he's made to feel that if he says he wants to see you, that actually that's the wrong answer potentially. Um, so it borders on parental alienation. Um, at eight, they are made available for contact. Um, and it, it's not up for debate, really. And, and the analogy I use is that, you know, if an eight-year-old wakes up and says, I don't want to go to school, we don't let them stay at home. They have to go to school, you know? Um, so it's... One more thing is, he's also mentioned that he's under mental health uh, care because of his feelings and everything about um, the split and yeah. his school life. Yeah. What, what sort of onus does that have on him seeing me because she says that the doctor said that he can't see me because of his mental state at the moment yeah i mean i think the first thing that i'd be asking for is evidence of that i'm not so sure that i've never seen a gp's report that says this person has mental health and it's completely the fault of the father and therefore the way that we make him better is that he has no contact with the father um you know i'm not so sure that gps would be that bold as, as to come out with a statement like that so I think as his father with parental responsibility you recognize that there is something going on but let's ask for the evidence that actually says you are the root cause of that um, and chances are it can't be provided and I think the more that you you speak about the situation Andy the more I'm minded to sort of suggest to you that actually you probably need a court application because you can get the medical records ordered, etc. Um, and, you know, have, have a little bit more um, influence there as to what's provided. Plus, any allegations that mum makes will be challenged. Yeah. All right. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. Oh, good luck, Andy. All the best. Bye-bye. Uh, that's us guys that's another hour of family law questions done massive thank you to my mods tonight um they have worked uh, really hard i can see that there's been a lot going on um thank you to everyone that joined me in the lounge apologies to k and user 3344 who've still got your hand up but i am back here tomorrow at six o'clock um next week i'm gonna mix it up a little bit um, and I'm going to bring Discord forward an hour. So starting next week, I'm going to be doing five till six. Um, so I hope that works for all of you. But for the rest of this week, so for tomorrow and Wednesday, I shall be here six or seven as normal. So to all of you on Discord, thank you again for joining me, all my familiar faces in the lounge. Stay safe and I will be back here again tomorrow. Good night, guys.